Ultimately, you want to get to that place where you literally don't care what your first impression is, what your hundredth impression is. All you care about is being your authentic self. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. Hello. Hello. We're going to start this episode with one of my favorite quotes. And that is, what other people think of you is none of your business. Oh, I I don't think I've ever heard that. Have you ever told it to me? Um, Clearly, you've never read any of my books. (laughs) Hey, hey, now that is a terrible assumption and a terrible slander that I don't want any of our listeners to believe. (laughs) The way I read read it is, what other people think of me is none of my business. But Oh, that's why. Oh, sure. That's, that was what was confusing to you. No, see, it's a great quote. I yeah, just don't I've used it uh, in my own head many a times. Say it again. What other people think of you is none of your business. I love it. I don't you start, love is it, it okay, Is it okay if I start using it? As long as you give me credit. No, it's what, not my other, quote, but yes. Who, what, oh, whose is it? Uh, a few people have said it in different ways. Marcus Aurelius said something along those lines 2,000 years ago. Yes. His quote, which I think is even more powerful, is we all love ourselves more than other people, but care more about their opinions than our own. Now, that love. is one of my favorite quotes no, here. I, oh, <laughs> he had it on his little paper. <laughs> but, and, it's really, really. It's not such a small paper. But what? what, what There's but, a lot of words on it. He, he um, <laughs> you don't have to give all of my secrets. You're, you embarrassed me, you slandered me, and now you're. Oh, you're making me look bad. Um. He actually begins, if I'm not, you know, it's against translators, so you don't know how good the translations are. But it, I, I love actually the first part. It never ceases to amaze, amaze me. me. Yeah. Right? Because it's really, it's so true, right? I mean, this is, you know, science tells us. By the us, way, it never ceases to amaze any of us when we catch ourselves, if we catch ourselves in that state. Like, that's and that, why it's so powerful. And I think if we can, if we can get our listeners to one place from this podcast, it should be from like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did it again. Mm-hmm. And we probably do it a hundred times a day. A thousand percent. But so, yeah, did we, yeah we, we didn't even tell people what we're talking about. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to get to. In today's episode, we're going to tackle these questions. They are, why do we care so much about what other people think? And when, if ever, is it good to care about other people's opinions of us? Mm. So that is what we will be talking about. I was saying the doctor tells us something important. <laughs> That's a good opinion. Not opinions of us. Their opinion about us. No, because even with a doctor, they can give you a diagnosis, but maybe their opinion of how you should treat it. Right, right. So let's start. Can I I take us on a complete tangent? I don't know. You're doing a pretty good job of that so far. I keep bringing us back in. So one of of our one of our uh, our favorite uh, uh, podcasters uh, is Dr. Mark Hyman. And he 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 has a very good podcast. If you're not listening to that, I would recommend it. But he talks about blood pressure, right? I think it's like, I think more. I forgot. I could be wrong. On these statistics. At least fifty percent of Americans have high blood pressure. That's and, that's a big. And he yeah. says something which is crazy. Ninety-four point five percent of Americans either have obesity, high blood pressure, or diabetes, which means only less than 6 about 6% of the American population is healthy. Well, by the way, all three of those go hand in hand. Somebody who is obese yeah, is going true. to have high blood pressure and very likely instability with sugar. So, yeah. But my tangential uh, Where are you going? Was, I'm not even going to talk about it. Now I'm commenting on it. What is <laughs> exactly, happening here? <laughs> exactly. So but what he said, and this was my point, that, you know, People used to think that you should medicate it with, with regular medication, when in reality, it's really 
I feel funny saying because it's a life lifestyle changes that actually make blood pressure come down. Anyway, I'm not sure. I'm why, just why waiting I, for what think, is. Wait, why, what I, was the connection? I, I, leave me a what second. What's going here. on here? Give me a connection here. No idea. I can't. Help there is you a out. connection. Just give me a second. I was talking about today. Oh, episode. because you were talking about doctors' opinions. That's why. That's what I was going off. I said I should, you should listen to doctors' opinions. You said you shouldn't. You should listen to diagnosis. Yeah, but he's going said, against what do. most doctors are exactly. saying, exactly. which is why we listen to his podcast. Exactly. Okay, I'm so sorry, <laughs> listeners. I'm going to take us back on course here. So, I would say we all want to be thought of well, right? I think it's a natural state to be in. It makes us feel good, and it's from it's definitely inherent to our nature. It is, and starts. I, I mean, I, we would. I would argue. I think we would argue whether it's a good thing or a bad thing in the majority of cases. But it's definitely our innate nature. Well, I think also on the other side, it would be odd to want people not to think good of us, right? So on some level, no, on some level, I mean, even like just something that happened an hour ago with my nine, our nine-year-old, like I'm thinking, oh, she's starting to care a little bit what people think and like just peers, right? And you see the shift just happen and it's not anything that she's learning in our house for sure. And it's not even who she is. It's just the way the world is and to feel that we have a place in it and that we'll be safe in it, I think that goes hand in hand. So I always start with evolution when we talk about these things. Early humans thousands of years ago to fit in literally meant they survived. And of course that isn't the case today, but we feel that it is and it's it's just part of us, right? That That old software is still running. So on some level it is that. And we think that if we make ourselves important or valuable, then people will need us and keep us around. So approval is hard-coded into our DNA. And what I really thought was interesting, if you look at it this way, because it does feel unsafe if you feel like you are ostracized, of course, that's an extreme, but there's that need for safety, survival, you can put it all together certainty, not in the way we teach it Kabbalistically, but just that you're going to be okay if people like you. So lack of approval is connected to lack of access, meaning whether it's access to someone or someplace or love or time or money or opportunities, nobody wants to feel like they're cut off from potentially receiving something they desire. And that's a really powerful thought because I was thinking about this in terms of where I'm at in my life. And you know, I've worked really hard to really not care what people think. And I'm going to share in a little bit what that means and how I got there. But this, this really sounds like something we all still want, right? Like I don't put a lot of value here, but I know that sometimes, you know, I'll think, oh, should I do that? Not so they'll like me, but like, I don't want to lose an opportunity or I don't want, right? right? So you still want to be likable on some level. So I just want to read it one more time because I think it's really powerful. Lack of approval is connected to lack of access whether it's access to someone or someplace, love, time, money, opportunities. No one wants to feel like they're cut off from potentially receiving something they desire. Right. Right. So, so right, so you're pointing out the, the 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 area of approval or caring what others think of us that is benef- still beneficial to us. Still beneficial. Still, uh, right, uh, still work, necessary, necessary. Right. But w- how much space or weight you give it that's the, that's right. the part or, we're talking or about. I would add, you know, the general 80-20 rule. The reality is that 80% of the times we're caring about what other people think of us is completely inconsequential. There might be the 20% and ascertaining which is which is important. But but I would guarantee that most of us are spending our worry about others' 
thoughts around for us around us around the 80 percent literally makes no difference yeah you're right and before we get into the spiritual aspect and the tools of how to kind of organize it in your mind into what should be 80 what should be 20 and that was really interesting because you know i like to bring a little psychology into everything in the worst cases anxiety about the approval of others can blow up into a debilitating fear and it's called it's a condition called allodoxophobia have you ever heard of it? I actually have. I know you did. <laughs> I know you didn't. I did. You did? I, I, I just said I actually have. No, yes. you did not. How did you hear about it? I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's I have heard of it. Allodoxophobia. How do you know? Really? Yeah. All right. So Sorry. what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's when, when, our, when our concern about others' uh, thoughts about us make are debilitating. Well, it's debilitating because I said that already before I told you the name. But I'll give you a more Our listeners could either believe me or not. definition. You clearly do not. Worrying about the opinions of others that can lower your basic competence in ordinary tasks, such as making decisions. So right. you're so now plagued with self-doubt because you care so much what other people think. I didn't know there was an actual specific word for it. So that's kind of cool. And this I thought was really interesting too. And I think it gives us impetus for why we might really want to reconsider this. When you're thinking about what to do in a particular situation, let's say whether you're going to speak up in a group, a network in your brain that psychologists call the behavioral inhibition system, BIS, is naturally activated, which allows you to assess the situation and decide how to act with a particular focus on the costs of acting, acting inappropriately. So you assess that room, how do I want to behave in this? Like if you walk into a library, right? That's, that's an example like, oh, yeah. I should be quiet. I should get off my phone. When you have enough situational awareness, the BIS is deactivated and the behavioral activation system, BAS, which focuses on rewards, kicks in. But research shows that concern about the opinions of others can keep BIS active, impairing your ability to take action. Meaning you're so consumed with what, you know, what are they thinking? You're yeah, you don't do the action, that's you, what you think good you things about You just don't do any of it. You, yeah. just, you stay in that state. Interesting. If you always leave an interaction kicking yourself over what you should have said but didn't, it may indicate that you're being un, unduly influenced by concern over what people think. What if you leave almost every interaction by what you being upset by what you actually <laughs> said? <laughs> That's another problem. Well, you get my point, time. don't yes, you? Yes. So I would, if we can go to maybe an extreme example of the other side of this, because I really feel, well, not I, it's a fact that. We don't live in authentic, most of us, and uh, well, I would say all of us to some degree don't live authentically who we are. Well, to live authentically who you are is a choice that you need to make at some point in your life and do everything differently because nobody, you don't start out like that. And, no, of course not. And, and very few. Well, actually, I would already disagree with that point. I think we actually do start off. Well, like yes. That. You just said about Abigail. I think what happens is. Yes, yes, is, we do. You're right. Is that, yes, we do have that inherent evolutionary need, but it really goes full blown when society tells us beginning even at age nine you know it really matters what your classmates think about you it really matters what everybody else thinks about you well it's so interesting because i wasn't planning on talking about this but that's why it's so important at that young age to encourage and empower children to take a stand to speak up for themselves and something happened last night that i think is such a powerful example one of abigail's friends sent her do you remember those terrifying oh. You put, did you ever get those? I got them. I'm trying to remember if I ever got them. This again, we lived well. Me, I, I, when when we were younger, there were no cell cell phones, right? So 
It was, it was, how did it come about? I do remember hearing about these things, but these are probably letters when we were growing no, up. No, I got them. Well, tell everybody what we're talking about. Yeah, so, we- so I was upstairs and Abigail comes running and you weren't home. And she, she's speaking, and I'm, I think I was like reading something. She's speaking very high. I didn't know what she was going to say. I said, why are you, why are you speaking so loudly? And she, then I start to realize that she's really terrified. And a friend sent her a message saying, you know, Teresa is going to, um, if you don't send this letter to 10 other people, Teresa's going to come. And I don't know, it's all kinds of things. You read it. Yeah, yeah. I, she had died 27 years ago. And if you don't send this to 10 of your friends, she's going to ha- sleep with you and haunt you every night. And so precious, Aww. vulnerable, empathetic Abigail <laughs> believed with every fiber of her being that Teresa was there. Because <laughs> she was like, oh my God. What am I going to do? And I said, Abigail, this is not real. I said, people did this to me when I was a kid. Even when I was an adult, it's really inconsiderate because even if we know it's not true, it feels real. And then you think about, I don't say bad energy and bad karma, but basically like, oh my God, I don't want to be haunted. She's like, oh, I know it's not real, but why, why would my friend do this to me? And then, then we started to break it all down. So I said, I think you really need to express yourself to your friend and tell her that you didn't appreciate it and that you know, you don't ever want her to send you something like this again. And she's like, I can't do that. I said, why can't you do that? I said, I think if you do that, you're going to feel better about the situation and then we're going to delete this text. So she didn't tell me what she was going to do. She comes back and she's like, I sent this. And it was the most beautiful, specific text where she was authentically being herself. She says, hi, I really don't appreciate that you did this. Please don't ever send this to me again. I don't want to read these things. And if you were a good friend, I would think that you wouldn't want to send this to me either. So the friend writes back, well, it's just fake. It doesn't mean anything. She's like, well, then why did you send it to me? Because obviously you have to send it to 10 people. And I said, well, she must have been scared too. And so the friend writes back, I was scared. I'm so sorry. That's why I sent it to you. I won't do it again. And Abigail says, thank you very much. And you shouldn't do it to any of your other friends either. And I forgive you and I still care about you or whatever. And it was fine. But then she then she was able to move past it. And it didn't scare her as much anymore because she realized the intention of the friend. She advocated for herself and she wasn't afraid to be seen. So I just think like, I was like, yes, that's just awesome. Absolutely. A beautiful story. I'm happy you Teresa, shared it. Teresa. But Teresa actually, 27 years ago. I, I would say two things. One for our listeners and one for you, Monica. For our listeners, I think what the story Monica shared is so important, and this idea is so important. I think we realize, all of us realize, we are plagued by this. And like we just said, the reason in obvious and subtle ways we do not live our authentic selves, or even reveal our authentic selves to the world, is because we care so much about being accepted and what others think about us. I would strongly, strongly recommend every one of us, certainly those of us who have children, have this conversation as often as you can with your children because that will give them, hopefully, the strength as they grow up to actually be themselves. Second, I think one of your next books, children's books, should be exactly on this topic. I think it is a very important one. Authenticity? Yeah. Like, this just story, maybe it is even based on the story you just told. Just taking notes. Yeah. yeah. But I think it is important to realize... I love a good Teresa story. I think think it was Teresa. It was Teresa. Uh, I think for our listeners to realize it is not just in the great ways where I don't say something or I don't do something because I'm afraid of how I will look. Even in the things that we do, right? Even often what we wear, right? Or 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 where we shot, like even the most silly things are based on what? Are they based on truly our authentic desire, even taste? Or is it so much an effect of the world around me? So so this this idea of really fighting back against our both innate and socially learned 
desire to, to fit in, to do what others will be okay with me doing is a tremendous, tremendously important work. And so I, I don't think I, I can speak for myself. And, and even though this is something that I, I try to spend a, a great amount of my life leaving, we all have our plague by this, and some of us more, some of us less. And for me, one of my favorite biblical, if not my most favorite biblical uh, figures, is Abraham. And he's named many different things. Uh, I'm assuming most of our listeners know Abraham, sort of the, the first, uh, really the, the, the foundational. Uh, patriarch from which all the world's religions really stem from, and he was a revolutionary. And I think that sometimes gets missed. It says he's called in the ancient Hebrew Avraham Ha'ivri, which literally means Abraham, the one across the river. That's what it's called. Ivri, although it's translated as Hebrew, actually means from the other side of the river. And what the Kabbalist teaches, what that means is that the whole world was on one side, and Abraham all alone on the other. Everybody disagreed with him. Nobody liked him. Everybody fought against him. Everybody wanted to destroy him. He became the great spiritual giant for only one reason. He said, I'm going to find the truth. I'm going to live the truth. And even if that means, which actually, you know, in our lives, sometimes we think, oh my God, I just did this really embarrassing thing. The whole world now hates me or thinks I'm an idiot. Mm -hmm. He actually lived a life where absolutely Every single known human being living at that time hated him, thought that he was an idiot, thought that he was a crazy person. Wait, did that change? Yes. Over time, people came around him, people came to support him. But where he began in his 40s was in a place of Abraham, the one from across the river, where everybody said, the whole world, the whole world, known world is on this side. You, the, the crazy idiot, the one we don't like, you're there all by yourself. And for me, that's often been a, a, a very strong, not the word motivation, but where I want to go. I want to live my life in such a way where it doesn't matter. If I am the, the crazy person or the idiot across the river, I'm going to tr- desire and, and push myself to live my truth, to, li- to, 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 to get to know what I truly believe and live it. Even And by the way, if you want to do something in this world, which is a different topic, but if you really actually... We speak about this often. Each one of us, each one of our souls has something very unique to bring into this world. What does that mean? It means nobody else has done it. It means maybe nobody else will understand it. So, actually, inherent in actually accomplishing the purpose for which our soul came into this world is being an oppositional person, which means often people won't like me, people will not understand me. And if we don't embrace that, we can live a life where everybody likes us, but we actually don't accomplish what we actually came, the unique light and, and revelation for which our soul came into this world. So it's yeah, very important. The is usually the making of us. When I hear these kinds of stories, I feel better about every single thing that happened to me in my entire life. I mean, I've already come to that place anyway, but um, it just becomes so clear. Absolutely. And I'll remind you, this I, I have shared this before, but it's one of my favorite teachings and understandings. My father's teacher, his name was Rehudetzvi uh, Brandwein. And he taught my father a lesson that my father would often repeat. And that is that if a person leaves this world and he goes to, the, to heaven or whatever, to that place of souls, and he says, everybody loved me, I had not one enemy, then he's given the first ticket to hell. Because as his, my father's teacher would tell him, if you haven't upset anybody, you haven't done anything. And that's such an important understanding that, that again, hopefully 
begins to motivate all of our listeners and ourselves to, to, to find a way to not only, not only disregard what others think, but actually revel in being a rebel. Revel in being different. Revel in, in, in having people be upset at us. So before we continue in that vein, I think it's important for our listeners to just think about where they really are in terms of caring what people think. Because often, you know, people say, I don't care what they think. I don't care what they think. Where is that really coming from? So, of course, it's a great goal when it's in the right way. So here's some examples. Just I want our listeners to think about what resonates with them and where they're at. So one, you review situations over and over in your mind looking for mistakes you may have made or ways in which you have sounded stupid, right? Another, when you hear someone has said something negative about you, you dwell on it regardless of whether it's true or not. This right. is one we 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 have fun with this one. Yeah, I've come. Oh, this used to yeah, be one of mine. Now it's like again, if you, I can share, like sometimes we have these conversations. I love. Where, you know, it's a thing you do. If I can share, then you continue right away. <laughs> Nobody ever gave you permission. I have no Sorry, idea what you're going to say. Can I share? Maybe. Oh, okay. Try there you go. There, I know it's going to be a maybe anyway. So I might as well go for it. So we have these conversations, but you know, this person said this, and one of the things that, that we often speak about is the fact that if you're doing something in this world, you're going to have opposition. You're going to have people that don't like you. That take that as a given, because some of this, you know, you would ask, well, is this ever going to stop? Right? Are people going to stop? You know, being you know negative or? Well, the ones that are based on like something that I didn't even do or say, doesn't like matter. I know, but that's I mean, I'm like I said, it doesn't. And now it's we your, it's your Virgo justice uh, uh, <gasps> desire. Some justice in the world. Yeah, you have some justice. Listen, but now not to care. I think we laugh about it. Yes, for the most part. Yes. Uh, three, you take extreme measures to avoid disapproval. Four, you're afraid to ask for what you want. So the last one's all about shame, which you know. Say it again, say it again. The, the last one, yeah. You're afraid to ask for what you want, which is very much related to shame. And I've, I talked about this a lot, the shame of wanting. We don't give our permission to ourselves to say, I want this, I need this, because we're afraid that if somebody knows us that vulnerably or that deeply and they, they reject us or they think it's stupid what we're asking for, then we're not worthy enough of their love, of their attention, of anything else. So if you have any of these four things happening in your life, even if you're walking around saying, I don't care, I don't care what they think, obviously, to some degree, you are invested. Now, there's another thing, and I think that this really helps to gauge where you're at and be where you want to be. I think there's a reactive way to not caring what people think, and there's a proactive way. And I think the difference is everything. And by to that point, before you share that, is that there are people who go through life, and we've met some of these, and we don't care for them that much. We say, I'm just going to be myself, and I'll just tell everybody what I think, and if it hurts their feelings, it doesn't matter, I'm going to speak truth all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be authentic. Exactly, be authentic. Be a little less. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The, the point is not... It's not that you're hurting other people by being yourself. I'm gonna, nobody's going to, I'm not going to hold my tongue. You know, some of the people we care for the least, I would say, are those type of people who are like, I'm always going to say what I feel. I'm always going to, you know, say the things that I think. Sweetie, I care for all people. Yes, sorry, sorry. Some people a little bit less. People who hurt other people, we care for them just a little bit less than people who don't. So, to be very clear, and I think it should be clear to our listeners, we're not talking about that type of living your authentic self where you hurt other people. We mean actually living your authentic self where you're being good to yourself. And you're, and, and you're acting with integrity. Exactly. Yes, and consideration. So a reactive way to be in the I don't care what you think is 
not ready to face a certain part of ourselves yet. So we reject a certain type of feedback from others and dismiss it saying, I don't care what you think. Right? So that's completely connected. That's a very to important one. Ego. Very, very important one. And I think that's probably what you just said is Almost. probably the key to, and it can be confusing, right? I'll, I'm going to say when, right? Because there are other times you should listen to people. But let's just start with, because I think I just want to go through the reactive and I want our listeners to say, okay, who in my life or where am I at in my life just with everybody or specific people I've assigned that I'll hear them, other people I won't, just to kind of sort this out. So that's the first one. Another is pretending we don't care what others think of us, being flippant while deep down worrying a lot about it. Three, pretending we don't care what, other things, what others think of us, but spending a lot of mental energy trying to adjust ourselves to present ourselves in a way that will be pleasing, get approval from others. That is so much wasted energy. And you don't have time to do the things that you really want. People often ask me like, wow, you did this, or you did that. And how I said, you know what? Just stop doing the things that don't work. Stop the negative noise. Stop the negative thoughts in your head. Stop worrying about what others think of you. You know how much time you gain in a day? Do you have any idea? And how much space you now have in right, your brain? Right, that's just the time, to the clarity do things. and yes, focus. Yes, 100%. And that's why when things really bother us, it's not that often, but something that could just, okay, I'm not even going to deal with that. It's annoying. We'll say it's annoying and then leave it. And then maybe we'll talk about it before we go to bed and then it's done, right? Who has the time? You're going to waste a whole life like that. Now, a proactive way to not care what people think is practicing internal validation. I write extensively about that in Rethink Love. St saying no without guilt. That was a huge learning for me. I used to say yes to everybody. And then- You still say yes too often. No, but now opinion. it's aligned. No, it's still imbalanced, but it's aligned with things that I want to say yes to, right? For for Because I, right, I right. believe it's but what- still, yeah. Okay, Michael. <laughs> Three, being okay disappointing people if it means you're honoring yourself while still being kind. I, this is my list, by the way. This is how I got to where I am with this. For being okay not measuring up to other people's standards of you, only measuring yourself up against your own internally defined standards. Next one, separating. So I, I, I don't want to. This is so. Because this one is all is so deep important. work. They I know we could deserve, do a podcast yeah, on each. That's one. why I don't want to go to. Maybe we should, but. But I just want to to the point where you, the last one. You just do you mind saying that one again? Separating your personal expectations for yourself from the expectations others want to impose on. I think it's a very important one. So I would ask all of our listeners to. Because I think what I'm hoping our listeners get is some sort of guidelines, right? Because there are times you should be listening, hearing, caring. Uh, like if you're somebody who's hurting other people with what you're authentically saying, or, and there are times we absolutely should not. I think the, the most important one is, is ask yourself the question, is it something that I think I shouldn't do? Is it something that I think I shouldn't say? Not whether he or she or they think, but really, but you have to know, you know, I don't know, that's the work of really knowing your true self, right? Not your ego self. And that's and this is the deep, work the whole, of a lifetime. Right. And that, but it needs to start. And I think that, and that's integrity, right? All of these things, the only way to stop caring what people think in a, a true soulful way is you have to be some super clear about what you think about yourself and you have to like what you think about yourself, which means you have to have the actions and the characteristics and, and, act in a way that is really true to who you desire to be. And that means holding yourself accountable every day. That makes make putting the ego smaller. That makes making good choices for yourself. That's the work of each day. And the reason that's so important is because otherwise, you can be just floating through life, 
caring about things you shouldn't care about, not caring about things you should care about. Like literally just just literally mixing completely upside down, upside down and, and not caring when you should be caring about what other people are thinking and caring when and unfortunately you see people like this. If you're not taking the time to really know yourself, and like you said, I think it's a very important word, integrity, but really know yourself, then the the other guidelines won't, won't make a difference. You know, for many, many years, I think it's just the, the, what I needed to learn in this lifetime because it started young for me. But a lot of people wanted me to really care what they thought of me and what they thought I should be doing. And I had a lot of opposition in a lot of areas. And I would even say bullying for sure. And last year, somebody who behaved that way to me wanted to speak. And it wasn't super clear why at first, what the intention was or agenda. But at one point in the conversation, she said to me, we were talking about some of the things that happened over the past 20 years. And she said, well, you know, my issue was you, with you is that you were different. Everybody else, we all understood our place. We understood our role. We understood what we, what we should say. And then you come along and you have an opinion about everything. You have an opinion. And I looked at her and I said, do you hear what you're saying? I said, can you imagine if everybody at that time had walked around and really valued what they thought and they weren't afraid to ask questions or say what they thought. And by the way, I was respectful even when I had an opinion, but how like what you were asking me to deny myself to make everybody else feel okay about me. So I could make you feel more comfortable about my presence. I should be quiet. I said, you know what? If everybody had had the courage to do that for themselves, can you imagine how different everybody would have felt and how different the experience at that time would be and how happier each person would have been. And that was the end of the conversation. And honestly, it's all of these things. I spent years practicing proactively not caring about what people thought because I was pushed. I w- it was in such a vice that I had no other choice. It's either choose them or choose me. And I just couldn't make that choice other than choosing myself. But it was one of the most defining moments of my life, not just that conversation, but getting to that place. Right. And I just want to underscore something you just said, which is so important. I would, that phrase, if each one of our listeners can can live with that mantra, choose you, right? Because you're not. Most of, most of us spend so much time choosing other people, not choosing ourselves, which is crazy. Like it goes back to the Marcus Aurelius quote, but that's the truth of most of, so much of our lives. You choose him and her and people you don't even know. By the way, you want to talk about that for a second? Do you realize that the people that you care about their opinion today in five years, it's going to have a different face and a different name because that person's probably not going to be in your life anymore. 20 years, different face, different name. You're going to spend your whole life just changing the faces and the names and still the same behavior and attitude. And again, today with social media, you are actually caring about somebody you don't even know, you will never know, you will never see, but they influence you in such deep ways. It's in, literally it's really insanity. Insane. I feel literally insanity. Okay, I'm almost finished with the list. Yes. Um, not letting any singular opinion or point of view change your big picture perception of yourself. That's a big space to hold. Very important. Not letting negative feedback deflate you, using it as fuel for learning and growth. Being able to listen to feedback without immediately rejecting it or taking it as an absolute truth. Listening and reflecting on it with an open mind, heart, and then deciding what you want to keep or what you want to let go of. 
It's discerning healthy feedback from useless criticism. But to do those last two, you have to do the first part of the list. If Absolutely. not, you won't be able to be to do it. Absolutely. And I've touched about, uh, about this before, but for me, one of the most important ways to disengage from the wrong times of caring what other people think. I often go back, as we've shared uh, about two years ago, my mother left this physical world. And it's so crystallized for me, this idea, I, I went back in my mind of so many of the things that had upset her or people that had disappointed her and we would talk about. And then after she left this physical world, I, I, the thought came to me like, obviously none of that matters. None of that matters. And in many spiritual paths, the Kabbalistic one as well, there's great importance given to remembering the day of death or remembering death. And I don't say it as a morbid thing. I think it's a very clarifying and beautiful idea. And for all of us who still struggle with caring in the wrong ways about what people think about us, who don't say or do that which is authentic to us in truth, it can actually bring great things into the world because of that. Simply ask the question. If I was not in this physical world anymore, would any of that make any difference to me? Would I care even for one second about it? And you will see that, uh, we said before, 80%, 99% of the worries and the thoughts that we have around what people will think and say, what they, what they think about us as a human being, none of it matters. None of it matters. The only thing that actually matters is whether we are pushing ourselves to live our authentic light and life. More than that, when a person leaves this world, the thought they are going to have is, why did I waste so much time Absolutely. about these stupid exactly. people that just made Everybody, my not life just miserable? Stupid people, like, but anybody, or people. insignificant. Like this is not what I'm really missing out on were the the moments, the gems in my life that I didn't give enough energy and attention to, that I recognize as being the most profound and beautiful experience of my life, but I took it for granted, or I didn't appreciate it, or I thought it would be around, and when I was I was distracted because of worried of Because I was upset by what happened early in the day, so I couldn't pay attention when my child in the evening really wanted to play on the floor or whatever, right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. I would say, one big tool on how to care less is choose your tribe wisely. Environment's a big part of it. Be around people that you enjoy their company, that are rooting for you, whose feedback you do want and that you do care about. And Bene Brown actually called this short list. I just think it's a great visual. She said, it's a short list of people whose opinions actually matter to you. It's called the square squad. You should care what some people think of you, but the names of those people must fit on one side of a piece of paper that is only one inch tall and one inch wide. The people who fit on the one inch How by one inch writing? tiny piece of paper are your squad. No, because the point is this. I know I'm joking about The square squad, how many people really, really are rooting for you, really love you unconditionally, really have your best interest and are coming to say, really, I'm giving you this feedback because I love you and I see all these things and I know you want, and you trust that, right? That environment, that those that group, right? How many people really, we ask ourselves, yeah, it's a one by one. Yeah, absolutely. And it, we we often speak about this. You know, we we have the, the, the blessing to meet so many people, interesting people, smart people, and so on, accomplished people. And we do enjoy spending time, this person, that person. But the only people we really like to spend 
a lot of time with or really feel comfortable around. Well, <laughs> besides that, that's also true. But don't tell that's our secret. We don't want anybody to know that. Are people who you really feel support you. And I think too often in life No judgment. Exactly. Yeah. Just support you. Just just good, you know, just support you. And too often in life we care about that other group. And that's a waste. That's a waste. Well, that's why when I feel that now, even from people that are friends, which is a, a loose yeah, word. By the way, it's okay to have that large group yeah, of friends, but, I always but, say, but to know who are your right. real supporters. And I will tell you, something doesn't feel right for me here. So I'll still be a friend, but I'm really clear about how much I'm going to allow myself to be influenced, good or bad, right? Absolutely. Uh, so I have a question for you. What situations or areas of your life are you particularly vulnerable to looking for external validation? But wait, I know you're going to say, no, no, we never, but. <laughs> is that the voice that I use? Yes. <laughs> but think about it in this way. Okay. Is it as a rabbi? A rabbi? A silly rabbit? <laughs> a husband? A parent? Spiritual leader? Because there is some, I, and it's not even that maybe external validation is too extreme for you, but that you care a little bit more than you should. And I just put this list for you, but you can come up with your own. <laughs> <laughs> where I care. You're asking me where I care about other people. A little bit more than you want to. Well, any amount would be more than I want to. I would say maybe this. When I initially meet people, hmm. right? People that I know and sort of, I know who they are, they know who I am at that point. You want to make a good impression, you're saying? Yeah, because I feel like a responsibility, right? I, I'm, like you said, I'm a rabbi. You're a rabbi. <laughs> a spiritual leader. Like, I, you know, you I run an organization. Like, you know, I, so I feel the, the weight of that responsibility of not looking like an idiot when in reality, in all other situations. But you would never look like an idiot. That's <laughs> yeah, but it's, no, obviously, I'm hyperbole. But, 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 you know, to make the best impression for all the things that I represent, I think that's. That's something that I well, that I, yeah. all the things you represent are all the things you want to be seen as. No, I don't care. I, I no, I, I, I again. But I think when people meet you for the first time, they just want to connect with Michael. It's not any of those things. Yeah, you no, absolutely. Well, again, but if I, if I, if, if I I'm actually going to therapize you for a second. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I have worked my entire life and will continue to 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 get. To, I think ultimately you want to get to a point. Where and I've spoken about this. Where if everybody in the world, like Abraham, thought you were a complete idiot, you should be absolutely okay with that, right? But none of us are there Michael yet. Michael from the river. Yeah, the other side. Of the, exactly. <laughs> Keep him there. But but yeah, I think I think if there's one place that 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 still you know uh, at times I would like to have zero care. Again, I I, I quoted this before. I think it's such a beautiful idea. Uh, my father's teacher, Brian, who I mentioned before. He did an interview in 1967, and the first paragraph of the interview, the interviewer said, I realized when I sat down with Rev. Brandwine that he could not care less whether I wrote the best things about him or the worst things about him. And that's my life goal, right? And 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 even, you know, you you make as as we all as I do, you know, no, I can't look like an idiot because I represent this or that. You ultimately you want to get to that place where you literally don't care what your first impression is, what your hundredth impression is. All you care about is being your authentic self. Yeah, I love that. So, if there's a, a thought you would leave our listeners with, whether we've spoken about very important things, but and many different thoughts, but if there's one, I mean, I said it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take a stab at it. I would yeah. say that 
endeavoring to care less and less every day. From a proactive. From a proactive way, like Monica explained, yes. about what people think about it. It is probably one of the most important tasks of our lives. And unless we are doing it consistently, it is not just when you get, when you did something and now what are they thinking of me, then you think about this idea, but actually proactively living your life in the direction of caring less and less. That is the only way for your soul to actually reveal its great light and potential in this world. The only thing I'd add is just, you know, don't talk about Teresa, who's going to come and haunt you <laughs> 27 years after her death. That's all. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. I'd like to share a letter from one of our listeners. I, this was both very uh, moving and, and beautiful. And so thank you for, for sending us this, this, uh, this email. Uh, Hello, Michael and Monica. My two-year-old son passed on a year ago. It was sudden and unexpected, and I was five months pregnant with my second child. Since then, I have been on a journey to raise my vibration, to find my son and unlock a knowing that I will see him again. I meditate daily, journal, read, and of course, listen to podcasts. My journey currently has circled back to me, though. I have had to learn how to be happy present, and look at aspects where I can grow. My spiritual practice still continues, but I am on top of the lesson plan. Thank you for providing a platform that embarks on the journey starting within. I so resonate with everything you speak of. Much love to, to both your time and guidance. Rachel. Thank you, Rachel, for... Thank you. Over the, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. We I send you strength and a greater sense of peace and purpose and and we are humbled i was just going to say that i was going to say hot inspired and i was like no we're humbled by being able in some way to support your journey and and again inspired that you're actually on a spiritual path after enduring so much pain mm. that's all i can say it's just beautiful and really thank you for for being vulnerable and sending us this beautiful email and as a reminder to all of our listeners send your stories, your comments, your questions to Monica and Michael at Kabbalah.com because they do truly inspire us and often humble us. And it's what continues to drive us and, and awakening greater and greater desire to not only create the podcast, but also disseminate it as widely as we can. So please do everything you can to help us disseminate it and make sure to send your stories, comments, and inspirations to Monica and Michael at Kabbalah.com. I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. Stay spiritually hungry. 